It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another crossover edition. Uh, I am Terry Lambert, host of Locked On Titans, joined today by Landon of Locked On Cowboys. Landon, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to do this. I don't. I, Marcus usually gets to do all these, so I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, talk to people in other parts of the country and other teams it's always exciting yeah these are these are a lot of fun uh i, I think the listeners really like them They're getting a yeah. different uh perspective so uh anyways uh you know us we write for musiccitymiracles.com uh me and jimmy do jimmy's off tonight uh part of the sb nation umbrella so if, if you need to find any of our work you can always go over there for the latest information so uh landon we'll just kind of dive right in tonight I want to know about Amari Cooper, uh, the, the new uh, addition to the Cowboys passing game. I know it's been a struggle this year. What was your initial take when you found out it was Amari Cooper uh, for a first-round pick? Well, I mean, you and me both want to know about Amari Cooper, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to see him too. Um, uh, yeah, I think the interesting thing is, I mean, just a little uh, behind the curtain, is that my podcast partner, uh, Marcus Mosier, actually happens to be the editor for – uh, the Raiders Wire, which is the USA, uh, uh, you know, today uh, segment that does all the different individuals, a, a lot like SB Nation kind of, where they do individual team uh, pages. Um, Marcus happens to be the editor for that, so he kind of had heard rumblings about that, and obviously had some uh, some information about how the player was, and and you know, I mean, I think as football fans, you know, when we go through the draft process, we become pretty familiar with all these players. Right. And, and so it, it definitely wasn't a name that I was unfamiliar with. You know, I think the initial thought for the Cow- for Cowboys fans was about the price. You know, I think that there was, there had been talk about Amari Cooper, uh, potentially coming to the Cowboys and essentially because he, he's felt like such a good fit. He was, a, he's a route runner, which is kind of what, we're putting a premium on currently with with Dak is wanting guys who could separate to get open and present a target to him, um, and I think you know the fact that he's 24 years old is is a huge huge uh, bonus for us because another young player who's going to grow with the team that uh, that they're really trying to plan for the future, you know again. But no one I think was immediately prepared to have to give up a first round pick, um, and I think that the, the last week has really been the kind of you know salving of that and seeing. Well, you know, okay, he's 24 years old. We get him at a young, we get him at a young age. I mean, it, he, we could have gotten a, a wide receiver in the in the draft and, and picked him in the first round, and probably still not. You know, he'd probably still be 24 years old and still not be nearly as good as Mari Cooper. So I, I think the price is what really kind of initially got people. Mm, or you know wondering but i think the idea of having amari cooper come in here it not only does it work just because the cowboys passing game needed receivers uh it it kind of helps slot all the other receivers we have a team filled with second and third receivers so getting uh getting a guy at the top kind of actually helps slot everyone else sort of properly so uh, yeah and that plus you know some other stuff that happened in the bye week has really kind of made cowboys fans more interested than I guess depressed over losing against the Redskins the previous week. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think the Titans and Cowboys are really similar teams. Yeah, uh, both needed uh, a playmaker. Cowboys went out and got one. They were aggressive. Uh, you know, maybe maybe perhaps too aggressive, giving up a first round pick. We'll see. Uh, yeah. But you know, it it kind of 
beats the Titans' perspective right now, who didn't add one. So the Titans fans are, are, are really upset tonight uh, that they just kind of kept the status quo at receiver. So um, I wanted to talk about Dak Prescott. You know, we watch a lot of Cowboys football because it seems, it oh, yeah, seems yeah. like they're always on the TV. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't know what to think about the guy. Has it been are, – are you are you putting things more so on his receivers to him? Tell us a little bit about Dak. You know, it's it's been obviously a major topic of conversation in Dallas. I mean, I think after you see what he did his rookie year and then the very first part of, of you know, uh, the second year, uh, you know, you, you, you think – how could have things gone so poorly since then? Um, and I, you know, I think that a lot has been asked of Dak, you know, and that's that's been a lot of part of the issue. I do I think that right now he, he's, you know, Aaron Rodgers or even you know like Carson Wentz. No, I don't think he is. But I also think that he uh, is a, a fourth round pick that we got, and I think is can definitely win is a, is a guy that you can win with a, a lot and win big. I think all the way big, uh, if, if you put the team around him correctly. And I, and I think that what Cowboys fans have kind of been used to is, you know, what Tony Romo provided. But I think that even Cowboys fans forget what Tony Romo himself was like early on in his career and that he needed, you know, a supporting cast to help him along, uh, before he developed into that, you know, kind of elite, you know, processor in the pocket, you know, mental side and develop the rest of his game to that point. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's an issue with a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL is that not all of them come in ready made for the game NFL game, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to eventually, you know, develop into really great players. And I think we've seen greatness from Dak at times. Um, but I think that, you know, if you if you want to see him take that next step, I mean, you kind of have to live through uh, the lumps. Now, having said that, clearly the Cowboys think that there were other issues on this team, I and mean, they've just fired their offensive line coach um, and replaced him with uh, a guy that was the assistant coach. So, and and that was a lot of that was due to the fact that I think Dak's been I think sacked twenty three times already this season. So, and that's you know considering what the Cowboys think about their offensive line and the resources they spent there, that's unacceptable. So, um, you know, I, I think it's been a very difficult evaluation because they've put a lot on a young quarterback that, you know, they weren't, I don't I think, necessarily planning on putting on to him. Uh, but, you know, because of failures along the offensive line, which is the last place that I think everyone expected it, um, it's made the evaluation extremely difficult. So Dallas has kind of hung their hat on the defensive side of the ball this year it was from the outside looking in yeah it's, um, it's funny yeah yeah not something i thought i'd be saying no. uh but they're third in total defense uh mm-hmm. how are they doing that you know what, what take us through each level of this defense what's the strengths what's the weaknesses there the crazy thing about the dallas defense is that this was the year that all the chickens came home to roost i mean it, the the problem has been a if you had if you had asked any Cowboys fan about the defense previous to this season, I, I think a lot of them would tell you that the issue is that they sunk a lot of cost into second round picks that never paid out. Well, this is the re- year of the revenge of the second round pick because uh, Randy Gregory is back on the field and, and you know he isn't 
performing up to the level that we saw him perform even at training camp. Uh, so I think that there's still another gear for uh, where Randy Gregory is going to go. Um, J- uh, Jalen Smith has suddenly played like Jalen Smith uh, from Notre Dame and, and looks like that sort of athlete. He's running around the field. He's chasing slot receivers up up the seam for 40 yards. And, and, and you know that was definitely not the Jalen Smith that we were seeing the, you know, previously this year, he's got the brace off and now he's playing like the old Jalen Smith. Um, and, and I think that, you know, those two things alone have, you know, helped, you know, kind of unlock the rest of the potential of this defense. And then the, I, on top of that, they've got Leighton Vander Esch, who I think, Again, you ask most Cowboy fans about Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, I, I don't think that they have a very high opinion of him. You know, they, they, they people weren't really thrilled when he got drafted. Um, you know, he didn't do a ton in training camp because he had, was dealing with some nagging stuff. I mean, but he's been an incredible revelation since uh, since he's been. You know, Sean Lee got hurt and he got subbed in and outperformed Sean Lee in a lot of different ways, uh, and and probably overall. So, uh, and then I think you know they have a young secondary and uh, and that's playing very, very well. And, and Byron Jones, if, if people aren't aware, Byron Jones may be playing like the top three corner in football. I mean, he's, he's really, really, really played well. And, and I think outside of their safeties, uh, they, they've gotten really good play from a lot of very young players uh, on, on at least the, you know, the first and second levels of the defense. And then, you know, at the cornerback play safety has been a little bit of an issue, but outside of that, they've got a lot of young players, and a lot of depth uh, at cornerback, linebacker, and defensive line. Yeah, Byron Jones is is one that I had circled. Um, you know, going up against Corey Davis, we yeah. assume uh, that's going to be a big time matchup. And we've talked a lot about Corey Davis. He's going to have to start beating some some pretty good corners in this league if he's going to be a legit number one. So, mm-hmm. all right, we'll come back uh, after the break and we will flip the script. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Uh, Landon, I'm going to hand it off to you. Uh, Fire away with any Titans questions you got. Yeah, so I, you know, this is important, I think, for, we talked about this, you know, before the show because of, you know, the Cowboys fans and and Titans fans, even though Titans fans may be forced to watch a lot of unwanted Cowboys football because of uh, the the national broadcast, the Cowboys unfortunately don't get to see very much of the Titans uh, because of different conferences and schedules. So uh, this is going to be great for us because we we have tons of questions of what we're going up against. Now, like you, from an outsider perspective, I I know Tennessee for their defense. Um, It it feels like uh, you hear good things and – 
and we know a lot about um, uh, some of the rookies that you guys have had uh, that have come in and, and or the at least younger players uh, that have come in and kind of really helped uh, turn around that that defense. So can you talk to me about um, you know uh, young defensive players I, and then I, eventually I, I I would like to make my way to one of my favorite players on the defense and that's Gerald Casey. So uh, talk to us about that defense and and what's making it work right now. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard not to start with Jarrell Casey. Um, he's he's one of the best players in the league uh, that, that nobody really talks about. So just a short, squatty, unique guy. Uh, got agility off the charts, uh, quickness off the charts. So he's going to shoot a bunch of gaps. He's going to get after the passer. Uh, he's going to stand tall against the run. Just a really unique player, and, and he's done it at a high level for, for many, many years. So... Uh, he's the best player on this defense to me. For really, there's not there's not just one thing that that jumps out at you uh, about this Titans group. Uh, they're they're just kind of solid across the board. Uh, Logan Ryan playing the nickel has been pretty good. Uh, Dory Jackson's making strides at the number one corner spot. Uh, Wesley Wood, your linebacker, has been solid when he's been healthy this year. And of course, Kevin Byard is, is a game changer at, yeah. out at free safety. So. Uh, just really solid across the board. Now there's some some deficiencies there, and, and it starts with Malcolm Butler, uh, the big time free agent that John Robinson chose to sign from New England. You know, everybody was wondering why didn't he play in the Super Bowl? Why was he benched? We've quickly figured that out. Uh, hmm. it, it's it's not been good. He's he's lost something. Uh, he gets behind uh, players with speed pretty routinely. Uh, even players without speed, he, he he was burned by Jordan Matthews against the Eagles. So uh, Jordan Matthews ran right by him. So he's been one of the worst cornerbacks in football, uh, and the Titans really don't have a choice but to play him. Uh, they're paying him so much money, so he's got to yeah. figure it out. Uh, if there's one big hole on defense, it's there. Otherwise, everything else is pretty good. Uh, you know, Brian Arakpo. Seems to be starting to slow down, but I cannot believe he's still playing. Man. I know, I mean, but he's I, every time I turn on the TV and I watch you guys, he's he's playing well. It's yeah, pretty crazy. Brian Arakpo, it, it it seems like he's starting to to hit that wall though. But yeah. the good news is Harold Landry, yeah, uh, the rookie out of Boston College, man, he's been really good in limited snaps. So mm-hmm. uh, there's some a bright side there on the edge. You know, they traded for Camila Correa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some depth off the edge. So the Titans are, are deep on the edges, but maybe not. They don't have the pr- big time production from their starters. Adoree Jackson and and Harold Landry were two guys that I studied extensively doing draft prep for the Cowboys. And man, I loved both of those guys a lot. And and Adoree Jackson specifically because uh, it just and a lot of people you know had questions about whether he was going to be able to transition to that kind of cornerback full time. I mean, you know, because he. They viewed him as more of a, a you know universal playmaker as a kick returner guy, and that's where he kind of flashed and everything. But he had all the traits and was physical, and I, I knew that that dude was going to develop into a great you know full time lockdown type cornerback. And and then Harold Landry, um, just such an unfortunate. I mean, I guess it's not unfortunate. I mean, he played through injury so much his senior year, yeah. and it really kind of affected his play. And you know, on one hand, you want to commend a guy that does that and plays for his team and, and, and showed a lot of, of love to Boston College by really kind of 
you know, affecting his draft stock by by kind of playing on an injury that maybe you know some guys probably would have just sat down for the rest of the year and and, and trained. You know, so uh, good on him and good on the Titans for drafting because I really like that guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you nailed it to me. I mean, just again from the outside observer, Casey is where the, the whole thing starts, and and then Byard is such a great ass in the back end. Uh, that that he is you know again very difficult position to find that kind of topper free safety and, and he plays it he's one of the best in the league at it and, he, and of course unfortunately because of Titans you know being a smaller market team they don't get the recognition that they deserve but I, 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 those guys I mean anybody who watches football knows about Jarrell Casey and Byard and 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 know about you know, how Adore Jackson's really turned it on um, let's flip it to the other side of the, of the ball um, you know I think. Some of the more visible, more known elements of, of the Titans uh, to the kind of uh, you know general fan, I guess I would say, uh, is in Marcus Mariota. Of course, everyone knows the quarterbacks. Um, and 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 you know, I think uh, again, kind of in the vein of having a very similar type team with the Cowboys, um, the offense. Even though Mariota is, you know, the quarterback and, and, and the star for sure, um, the offense seems to be very uh, heavy, heavy, you know, for the, for the run. And I think that whether it's in formation or, you know, they we talked. I think teams have talked about the, uh, oh, the exotic sack, Smash Mouth that was oh, coming yeah. out of out of you know, a couple <laughs> of years ago. And 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 I, you know, when that was going on, it was very interesting for the Cowboys fans because, you know, it wasn't. Unlike what the Cowboys fans were hoping for, you know, with with offensive lines that the hope can great guys like you know you have guys outside like Lewin and Conklin, who can you know big powerful tackles who are able to to kind of grade guys down and grind guys down and, and taking advantage of that with running backs like Henry and Lewis and so I, I think uh, you know the past, I guess what I'm getting at is that in the same way that that the Cowboys uh, you know have a mobile quarterback and and the quarterback seems to be the kind of thing that everyone knows uh, uh knows the team about they they sort of use them unconventionally and use the try to use their strengths uh to to help win um how has that like manifested itself with Mariota is he uh, is he like Dak where um, is is it a lot of uh, bootleg and play action and 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 uh, zone read you know options with where he's keep or just run plays where he's the keeper a lot or are they trying more to um, force him into being a, a traditional pocket passer and, and throwing from the pocket? Well, you saw a, a ton of zone read stuff with with Mike Malarkey uh, last year. That's really started to go away. They they really haven't utilized Mariota's athletic ability. Uh, Matt Lafleur coming over from the Rams. Yeah, uh, they want to run the ball really bad. It's just not working right now. Uh, mm. The the offensive line learning a new scheme, learning a new system, moving to zone blocking, just hadn't worked yet. Um, part of it is the the interior offensive line. They've been bad. Uh, Quentin Spain, the guard, has been banged up. Corey Levin stepped in and wasn't very good against the Chargers. Um, they did find a little bit of success against the Chargers, but I'm not. I wasn't really impressed with with the Chargers' run defense. So um, obviously, a big step up heading to Dallas this weekend. So um, I, I think the key to this whole Titans offense is establishing the run, mm-hmm. and I'm just not real sure it's going to happen this year. Uh, it's not totally on the offensive line either. I, I, Derrick Henry just, uh, I mean, he's an interesting guy. Um, I'm not totally sold that it, it, the light's ever going to come on for him in the NFL. 
Um, he's just not very good in, in a short area. He's a mm. he's kind of a a home run hitter, and, and that sounds really strange because he's six foot three, two hundred fifty pounds. But he operates at his best when he gets up to speed, just really because you know no one wants to get in front of that. Uh, but it, it takes him a while to get going. He, he doesn't have that lateral burst uh, that Dion Lewis seems to have. So um, Dion Lewis, though, hasn't been spectacular either. So I, I think the run game is broken. I think the Titans' offense will be broken until they figure out that run game because really what they want to do, they, they want to establish the run and then build off of play action and then attack down the field deep. But um, the receivers just haven't haven't established themselves either. So it's really tough on Marcus Mariota, who I think for most of the year has played at a decent level, um, even though the numbers don't show that. So he's had some key drops. Uh, they should have beat Buffalo. He he dropped one in the bucket to Nick Williams, and, and he let one slip right through his hands. Titans end up losing that game. But just countless, countless chances like that. Uh, this year, and they've all come in terrible spots. So, uh, I think Marcus Mariota is fine. Uh, everything around him, though, needs a lot of work. You know, it's funny because Henry. I mean, you, you say that it sounds weird to talk about a, a big body guy that's a home run hitter, but actually, for Cowboys fans, for years and years and years, we ran, we hit, played against Brandon Jacobs, who I think is in, in a less athletic version of of Henry, but I mean, again, six four, two hundred and sixty pound yeah. running back, you know, and so big guy. And I, it's funny because Henry too. I mean, some of the hand wringing that goes on at times with with some Cowboys fans with Ezekiel Elliott, they they talk about, well, we could have instead of having uh, Zeke and and uh, I think it's Anthony Brown, they say we could have had uh, uh, you know Jalen Ramsey and 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 Henry, and and so I. I it's been kind of an interesting thing to compare those the two running backs and, and to see if it was worth the cost difference between the fourth, fourth overall pick and Henry. But at times it seems like, you know, Henry has had issues or, or just hasn't been quite what you, you think he was going to be. He's just such a physical specimen. I, I think back to that picture of him standing next to, who was it? M- <laughs> Mark, Mark Ingram. Uh, Mark Ingram yeah. at Alabama uh, national title game, I think it was. And it's just so funny. Looked like a kid standing next to him. Uh, and Lewis, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was, I was surprised because I, I really liked that move when they, when I read it. I just felt like it was a good fit to have that kind of way back in this kind of offense. And it's unfortunate that it hasn't quite worked out yet. And uh, I agree, as some as a team that, you know, has relied heavily over the years on zone blocking. It's not exactly something that's easy to learn in one off season. So um, I, I, I think that hopefully there'll be some patience there because I do think you guys have got yourself a, a nice offensive coordinator. Um, my last little question before we get on to predictions is uh, I, I did want to talk a little bit more about the, the guys kind of surrounding uh, Marietta and you led into that nicely. You know, uh, I think people kind of are aware of Corey Davis and, and, and who he is as a first round pick. And it seems like from far that he's starting to show a little bit more uh, as in these last few weeks and, and showing up and, and kind of developing into the, hopefully what you guys are, are looking for as a uh, number one receiver. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about you know some of the other guys that are are are, are playing for you. I get yeah, I know you guys have Tajay Sharp and and um, uh, Stalker. Is, is Stalker the starting tight end or is he the backup right now? Yeah, Stalker's Stalker's the starter now. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and hop in. Uh, yeah, definitely, please. It uh, Johnu Smith. You know Delaney Walker's out for the season. They lost him in the, yeah. in the first game. 
Jonu Smith was drafted to replace Delaney Walker, and he has just been not very good. Uh, so Luke Stalker has, has kind of filled in for him. Uh, they actually signed a fullback, Jalston Fowler, uh, to take some of the reps from, from Stalker that, that he would typically play at fullback. So I think you're going to see them move more to Stalker as the tight end one this, this week. Um, but, yeah, going out to out wide to the receivers, um, it's really Corey Davis's first full season. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that Davis missed all of his first training camp as a rookie, and then he missed half the season uh, with a hamstring injury. So uh, That's um, tough. It is tough. Yeah, I feel like it kind of stunted his growth. Um, He had a huge game against the Eagles. Uh, Of course, I'm sure you all know that that secondary is I watched it. I don't know if you saw. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we were all watching very closely. Thank you very much for that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he looks like that and, and then hasn't done a thing since. So. There just seems to be a little bit of a disconnect with him and Marcus Mariota. For whatever reason, they just can't get on the same page. Uh, and that dates back to last year through two different offensive systems. So I you know, I hold out hope that eventually they'll get on the same page because I think both are supremely talented players. So uh, still kind of waiting on Corey Davis. He's not a guy that's going to go beat a number one corner. Uh, like Byron Jones, I, I wouldn't expect him to have a big impact on, on this one. Um, outside of Davis, it's Tajay Sharp, a uh, guy that, that was really productive at UMass in college. Um, he really came on against the Chargers, was Mr. Reliable on third down. Uh, Marcus Mariota seemed to have some some chemistry with him. Uh, and then it's Taewon Taylor, who has has been a disaster this year? Um, a, a guy that is supposed to be Sammy Watkins in in this offense, and he has been, except he can't catch the ball. Uh, so you know, Marcus Mariota will have these guys come open deep. He'll hit them in stride, and they'll drop. I, I mean, or, or Marcus will just miss them. It's just always something with this group. Um, so uh, again, it's really frustrating. This sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's why I said at the top, you know, I feel like Dallas and Tennessee are really, really similar. Um, So so credit the Cowboys. Maybe they gave up a little too much, but they went out and at least tried to fix their receiver room. Titans didn't. And uh, I tell you, we got some really ticked off fans down here because of it. Yeah, and I've you know the Cowboys. I think they looked at the landscape of the wide receiver group is coming out next year, and they're like, let's just go get a more proven thing. So yeah. they may have overpaid, but maybe they'll end up liking it. Maybe so. so, all right, let's get into predictions. Uh, do you want to go first, or yeah, I'll you, go you're, first. You're the visitor. You go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I, I tell you, I just wrote the odds post uh, for this game, and I was shocked to see. The Cowboys were favored by seven points. I, I figured it would be. Wow. I figured it would be about four, and, and it turns out that's where it opened, and, and the money has come in on the Cowboys so much that it's pushed it to seven. So I, I definitely think the Titans cover. I, I think these two teams are are, are very similar, uh, defensive-minded teams. I think it's going to be a close game that comes down to the fourth quarter. I just kind of feel like the Cowboys are going to find a way to get it done at home on Monday night. Uh, I'll, I'll go with something like twenty four twenty one. You know, this is tough, and I I generally hate doing predictions because I, it's so difficult and you know so many var- variables. But I, I, you know, I, I have to go. I think I'm going to go Cowboys too. But I I, don't, I think yeah, I think seven points to me. That's Vegas trying to 
rile up people to <laughs> to gamble on the game. I, I I can't imagine that seven points is what I think is going to happen. I, I I I agree that I think it's going to be a closer game. Um, and and again because I think it's it's very difficult now for, for me because the Cowboys are might look very different with you know a new wide receiver, a new offensive line coach, especially considering the fact that the offensive line is so inherent to what the Cowboys do. I'll I'll take them twenty four twenty. Um, I yeah I think the I probably would not take Dallas if they were playing in Tennessee, uh, but since they're playing at home, Dallas has actually been pretty decent at home this year. So I think that's will that will do it. All right, good stuff. Uh, well, tell uh, my listeners where they can find your work if they want to get a little preview before Monday night. Oh yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, Locked on Cowboys, of course, and and I also have another Cowboys podcast I do with uh, John Noning uh, called Best Coast Boys. Uh, so please check that out. You can find them on wherever you find podcasts. Okay, and you can obviously find Locked on Titans wherever you download your podcast. Check Music City Miracles uh, for the latest written content and up to date news. So for Landon, this is Terry saying thank you for listening, and we will see y'all next time. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.